dads. Do you want a thriving business that doesn't control you? A passionate marriage and kids that adore you? Do you want to grow deeper in your faith? Be healthier, both physically and mentally? Build more meaningful relationships with your friends? Welcome to the Balanced Business Dad Podcast, where in each episode, we dive into balancing and optimizing the six pillars of life, faith, health, marriage, fatherhood, brotherhood, and business. And here are your hosts, pioneers of the Balanced Business Dad movement, Dustin Hogue and RJ Campbell. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Balanced Business Dad. I'm your host, Coach Dustin. With me, as always, the sing- season, <laughs> the distinguished Mr. RJ Campbell. RJ, how are we doing? Still doing good. Good. That's my standard answer, it seems to be, but that's because life is good, guys. It's life good. is good. good. Are you nervous right now? I'm a little puckered up. Love that. He is putting me outside of my comfort zone. So I'm going to tell you literally what's happening here. So we were actually going to be interviewing someone else. There was a schedule conflict, yet we live by our calendars. And the calendar says we were going to be recording a podcast episode. So we're going to be recording a podcast episode. So I just told RJ to hit record because we are going to interview each other. Because I think one of the things is it's... We want our audience to know who we are, where we came from, what we do, like what do we do in our main businesses, et cetera, et cetera. So I think this is going to be fun. Uh, RJ's nervous because he doesn't know what I'm going to ask him. I'm more nervous because I don't know what the heck I'm going to ask because <laughs> not a seasoned interviewer or coach. Well, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> He's going to ask me 11 questions. I ask him one. <laughs> so. I want to start, you know, I have been following or knowing RJ for about 10, 11 years now, a little bit longer than that, I guess, because we worked together for a couple of those years. And one of the things that I'd, and we've probably touched on this a little bit, but I had always admired was the relationship that you had with your kids, obviously. And I, I was a, the first question is, is, was it always that way with all three of them or did the relationship get better as time went on? Like where they are now. I remember something you told me a long time ago. I was asking people, what was your favorite age that your kids were? And your response is every year has gotten better than the last. Every age is the best age. Yeah. So has that relationship always been that good with the kids or were there certain times that they're weren't as strong as relationships now, because I think you guys have great relationships as father children, but you also are friends with Mm -hmm. every single one of your children. Yes. And that's, that's awesome. How did that happen? Was it always that way? I mean, just kind of go from there. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) We are so blessed with our three kids. And so I'm going to say, yes, I have always had that close of a relationship with my two sons and my daughter. And yes, contrary to parenting advice, I always wanted to be their friend. Hmm. Or you hear that a lot. Parents say you can't be their friend. Right. You have to be a parent first. Said you can discipline. I'm a people pleaser. I wanted friends. Hmm. So I always wanted to be friends with my kids. We have always had a great relationship. I think we were more worried just historically, my wife would say, about our daughter than our boys, because you hear these hell stories of teenage girls sure. or prepubescent and then pubescent girls, and they just become a hormonal nightmare. Yeah. 
we are so lucky. We never had that. Our daughter is still the sweetest person. Nice. We got some of that's luck. Some of it, I'm sure, is the relationship we had. But yeah, I have. We have always been very close. We're definitely more like friends, as you guys know. My sons are 33 and 30. As a joke, they're closer to Dustin's age mm-hmm. than mine. So it has become more like friends. Yeah. Now you get together. We go on a golf trip in the spring. Yeah. We're just a bunch of guys playing golf, drink a beer, and playing cards at night. So yeah. So you you mentioned something there about how I was going to be the friend first, you know, and how what contrary to people's advice, were you the disciplinary? Uh, Did your kids need that yeah. much discipline? Yeah, I mean, we never had hard, hard disciplinary things. But yes, that was absolutely something that my wife and I shared. Okay. Neither one of us had to play good cop versus bad cop. Okay, purposeful or on accident? On accident. Mm-hmm. I think we just do everything together. We never sat down and said. I'll be the disciplinarian. You raise the kids X, Y, Z. Right. I'm just saying that the, the friendship thing, was that purposeful or did it just kind of happen? That was definitely purposeful. I wanted to be their friends. That's the way my parents were. Mm, okay. I did not think of them as my parents were not strict disciplinarians. They did not believe in corporal punishment. I was never taking away when you're a little bitty kid and you get spanked on the butt for doing something stupid. Right. Of course. But my parents did not believe in corporal punishment. It's just the way I was raised. You know, nobody ever took a belt to me. I was never spanked. It's just not the way they raised us. Would your older sister say the same thing? <laughs> so they would definitely say that, I think, because my parents just didn't believe in it. Right. But were they all treated the same, especially as me? No. So I, I, let's give a little bit of background. <laughs> so we get some background there. of yeah. who I am. Yeah. So I have five older sisters, and those five sisters only span eight years. They're really close in age. Typical Catholic family. It's what they do. Mm-hmm. The rhythm method back then, which my mom had just realized, yeah, you had one baby a year for five years. It's the rhythm <laughs> method. Perfect rhythm. Then there's a five-year gap and then me. My sister, Kathy, who is closest to my age, the youngest of the five, she would say no, that it was different because she had the first five years as the baby of the family. Mm-hmm. Then comes along another baby and the only boy. Right. And she always said that she felt like a second-class citizen after that. Now, that was never obvious to any of us. She had a great relationship with my parents. Yeah. But she's the only one that says, oh, boy, when little RJ arrived, Princess Kathy got tossed aside. <laughs> but your oldest sister was 13, right? Yes. Joe is uh, 12 years older than me. Yep, so yeah. she was 12. So I had, yeah, a lot of built-in babysitters, a lot of mothers. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. That's awesome. So they just thought it was cool. They got a new doll that moved on its own. So one question, <laughs> then you can ask me another one. But this has been on my mind for a while, and obviously I was there during it. But one of the things, let me back up. One of the things that we're going to be doing, uh, you know, this probably next quarter, next year, is interviewing a lot of newer entrepreneurs, people who did leave corporate America, leave their and go into business full time because that is a huge leap that a lot of our listeners, I believe, are going through. And there's a lot of things that can go with that. You did it pretty quick. Now, you were in definitely a different stage of life when you did it. Right. But still, how did, what was that like? Frightening. Tell me more. But maybe not overly. Yes, different stage of life. So I'd have been, what, 57 or so, 58. So kids were grown out of the house, a couple of them married. So it was a little easier than somebody who decides at 30 that they're giving up a corporate job to start on their own. Right. That definitely made it easy. You know, our freedom line was lower. Our expenses were much lower. 
we had started investing in real estate. So that gave us a little bit of a jump. There was some income coming in that way, had started the photography company. There was income coming in that way, but still it was, it was scary. It's still scary. You know, do we make the money that I used to make? No, probably not. Right. Definitely not. And it took a while to get buy-in from my wife too. Would you have done it 15 years ago? I doubt it. I would have never had the nerve. Knowing now, would you? Uh, yes. Yes. And my wife says that same thing that she wishes that we had known about real estate investing 15, 20 years ago, as opposed to getting into it a late in life and late in the game. Yeah. That it would have been a very different world. I do believe I am a hero to your wife. She does have a thing for Dustin. (laughs) She loves him. It's his smile. You can't pass up that smile and the dimples. Love that. Well, that's awesome. You know, because there is so many, again, listeners out there that have either done that or want to do that. They have a side hustle and they want to jump out of it. They are not happy where they're at. They don't know what to do. Do you have advice for them since you did it so recent? (laughs) Yes. It's easier to have a side hustle than to make it your life's work. So we, a lot of times we start that side hustle because it's something that's fun. Mm. You have to know that it can also convert into real income. Mm. So don't just say, man, that dude on HGTV bought a huge house and he said that for a living, he collects Hummel figures. Probably not true. (laughs) So you got to make sure about that. I mean, it took us a long time of going through numbers and, talking and praying about what we were doing to make sure, okay, yes, this is the right thing. It can be done. Yeah. So don't just show up on a Monday and quit. Well, let's set your gig. (laughs) (laughs) What the heck? And you've always quit on Fridays. Should always quit on a Friday. I quit on a Monday. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Even my boss is like, what the hell? Nobody quits on a Monday. (laughs) That's hilarious. So, all right, cool. What do you got for me? What do you got for you? So this is get to know the pioneers yeah, of the balance. Absolutely. Get to know us. Tell me about little Dustin. I don't mean that, you know, in stature, although he's much littler now <laughs> yeah. than when I met him. Where's young Dustin? What do you, where do you come from? Yeah. So I am a product of divorced parents, for sure. My parents got divorced. I don't know exactly when my dad says it was like when I was three or four. So I'm going to assume that's when it was. Um, I remember it but I don't remember it, if that makes sense. I remember like things were different. Um, very quickly, my mom had a boyfriend who is now my stepdad, has been my stepdad for 35 years. Uh, and my dad went through kind of a rough patch. Um, he moved back in with his parents. I remember him dating. He got married again for eight months. That didn't work out very well. And then another divorce. And then, But I started living with my dad in second grade. I just, uh, vice versa. I was staying with my dad on the weekends, my mom on the weekdays. And then I switched that where I started staying with my dad during school on the weekdays with that wife of eight months, actually. And my, saw my mom and my stepdad on the weekends. That's how it's been ever since then. I've always lived with my dad. And, uh, then at one time it was just my dad and I, and it was a really hard time. I was actually, we were having this conversation with our accountant yesterday. Um, My dad struggled a lot. He was an LPN at the time. So he was going to school for his RN, raising me full-time, put me through a private school, uh, a faith-based Christian Lutheran school, which 
to me is everything because that's who I because of that school is who I am. I believe that. And he worked full time. And how he worked full time is he worked four shifts on Saturday and Sundays and then would work one midnight shift a weekday. Wow. So he worked all weekend. He worked all two shifts weekend. each day, almost all the time. Yeah. Slept at the hospital between shifts as a nurse and then would work one midnight throughout the week where I was dropped off at my aunt and uncle's. Why I slept while he would go to work. And then during the day while I was at school, he was going to school. And he could do that on the weekends because you were with your mom and your stepdad. Mom. Correct. Yep. Damn. Yeah. That's commitment, guys. Yeah. I did not know that part in all these years I've known Dustin. Really? And his dad. Yeah. And his mom. And his stepdad. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, and his it's, stepmom, who recently passed. <laughs> I didn't know that. I did not know that he worked while you were with your mom yeah. and stepdad the whole weekend. Yeah. The hey, whole entire week. Wow. Uh, then he met my stepmom and they would go out on Friday nights because I was there with my mom and then he would work the weekends. So he never took time away from me for himself ever. And he believed in work when he retired, literally up until my stepmom passed, which has been a few months ago, he worked. This is the first time in probably his, in, since he's been 12 or 13, he's worked under 30 hours a week. That's yeah. the honest to God truth. Man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I, talking about me, I saw that I was a overweight fat kid, but I had the confidence of, you know, Hercules. I don't know why, but I did. And that, I, well, I do know why is because I was loved. I never wanted, I never needed for anything, even though my parents were not well off at that time, even though they were divorced, even though we lived in a crappy apartment, I was loved. The entire time. So there was never a hit of confidence in that for me to have low confidence. Wow. So you're the epitome of that person that says, yeah, I didn't know what I was missing. I had everything I wanted. Had everything. Thought I had everything I needed. Yeah. Well, you did have everything you needed. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Wow. And uh, yeah, then, you know, my dad met my stepmom. They got married when I was 10. Uh, I rebelled a little bit because, well, I was not a good student. But that showed I did not want someone. Well, my stepmom brought my sister. <laughs> and so there was there was a lot of trouble at that point that I remember rebellion. Now, it's nothing crazy rebellion by any means. But it, there was there was definitely a uh, getting to know you period in that. So it's funny. I, I don't know if this is a true tribute to tribute the wrong word, but I'll say it tribute to me not paying attention or to the wonderful family that Dustin has with four parents that mm -hmm. are close, close to each other. Mm -hmm. I know them as four people that are together, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah. When his stepmom just passed away a couple months ago, my wife and I are there for the visitation. I think it was the first time it occurred to me that his sister is not his biological sister. Really? They're so close. I'm sure you mentioned it. And it was my wife started asking him like, um, Maybe, yeah. Maybe that's his stepsister. Yeah. Well, I met her when she was three. Yeah, not four. even a stepsister. Adopted sister. Yeah, stepsister. I mean, stepsister. My not dad a half, did yeah, adopt not, her. Yeah, yeah, not a half-sister, a yeah. stepsister. Yeah. Uh -huh. So that's testimony to how close that family is. I don't even know that I realized it. Yeah. I'm sure it was in conversation somewhere, but it's yeah. always just his sister. Yeah, and that's what it is. I'm not a fan of the word step. No, doesn't yeah. need to be. Yeah. She's not to me. Yeah, it's me I knew her. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, then, you know, we lived in a small town. Um, and 
I, you know, I had, I didn't know what I was going to do, that kind of thing. But school was not a great thing for me. I was not a good student. Uh, and so I went to work. I was not an athlete either. So at 16, the day after I turned 16, I got a job at a fast food restaurant. Good place for the fat kid to work. Yes. Yes. It worked out great. <laughs> he and said that. He's told me that before. <laughs> that's honestly where I found myself. Um, I developed a lot of close friendships. I became very, very outgoing because I was put in front with customers. And honestly, that's, I kind of thrived in that role. I had a lot of fun there, met a lot of, you know, just a lot of great people. And that's kind of where I think I found myself. Hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of young Dustin. There's young Dustin. Yeah. Absolutely. Love it. We could go like this for hours. We could. (laughs) (laughs) And we might. Your turn. Or am I, I supposed to ask last one? One, you asked two. Oh, I have to ask two. Well, I asked two. Oh, I didn't remember. I have to look at my notes. I don't have notes. <laughs> yeah, we'll just keep slowly moving along that timeline. All right. First foray into entrepreneurship. When, <laughs> where, good, bad. Yeah. Um. The first one, I was in college for the first time with an associate going for my associate's degree. So I was probably 18 years old and I started a computer repair place in Staunton. Sounds like a country song. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. And you know, we would work on computers. We were fixing. I was working as a computer tech. I was going to school for computer networking. So that was really the first world of entrepreneurship. And now was that a business? No, they paid me. I put it in my pocket and I used it for gas money. Um, So, you know, as a business, the second time is where it gets really ugly. Okay, because <laughs> you think you know the answers to these questions when you've known somebody 11 years, but I did not know that one. I do know the next one, I'm pretty sure. So, and to back up, my mom ran and managed restaurants or bars my entire life. And when she managed the bar, I was young, but I always wanted that. So I always wanted to buy a bar. And it was funny because I didn't even start drinking until I was 21. And then I really made up for lost time <laughs> very fast. And there was a bar in town that I started working for. I started bouncing at. And the guy who owned it was a true entrepreneur. He didn't even drink. He hired a pretty boring manager to manage it. But the owner was a business owner. And at one day, he told me he would sell it to me. Just like that. I was 23 years old. Um, so well, yes, now how am I going to do that? Uh, talk to my dad about it. He absolutely was not going to invest in this business. Good idea. Absolutely not. Um, which that was, that was a hard thing. Cause I felt like he didn't believe in me when he didn't, he, he made the right move, but um, <laughs> he didn't believe in the bar business <laughs> and you, and, uh, you know, the other thing I did was there was an, an older guy who was always in the bar, but had money. And I, and this was, you know, before pre crash. So like 2006, 2005, I guess. So you could get a loan anytime. And so I talked to him being the financial backer and put money in and we bought a bar at 23 years old and ran it for 11 months and was horrible at it. Had a lot of fun, but absolutely horrible at it and uh, lost everything. Lost everything. I remember my house being foreclosed on. I remember my car being repossessed. I remember having to go to a buy here, pay here lot, buying a crappy, crappy car because I needed a car because I was trying to get a job and move on. And yeah, lost everything. And a lot of what I thought were friends at that time that really worked. Hmm. Wow. 
So that was my first look at entrepreneurship. And you jumped back in later. Yeah. Did not scare you away. No, I went into sales very hard after that. And uh, I'm pretty good at sales. Where we met? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Not the answers. I, I did not know about the computer repair part. Yeah. So we'll ask one more question to each because again, we can do this for hours and maybe we'll do this here and there, you know, that kind of thing, because this is actually a lot of fun. <laughs> but, you know, before you were an entrepreneur like you are now, you were in corporate America a lot. 35 right? years? Sales, account management, that kind of thing. Was that a passion for you or was that just a job and you were good at it? So I'm going to go get a job. I say job like it's such a bad word. And obviously it's good for so many people, but. I'm very big on doing what you want to do. So was that what you wanted to do? No. But you just did it. Just did it. Got out of college, decided you need a job. So in 1986, I was three. You start looking for a job. Is that even right? Yeah, probably 1986. Right. Had no idea. My first job out of college was selling business forms. Those don't exist anymore. <laughs> you know, invoices and statements, stuff you ran through impact and dot matrix printers. The only reason I had that got that job so easily is in college. And my first voyage into entrepreneurship is I started an ad and coupon sheet on my campus. Uh, there was one at the University of Missouri when I went there called the ad sheet. We had one that we built at Southeast Missouri State called the Zip Sheet. Yeah, didn't steal that at all. Uh, so we would go, the idea was we went to businesses. We got this idea one summer. It had existed one time before and we were bringing it back to life. So we went around on the in, in the summer calling on all these local businesses saying, hey, you want to put an ad in this this little sheet? We had rate pricing. And our thought was, and you don't have to pay for it until we print the zip sheet. And then we will put it on campus to be distributed. We will have people handing it out on campus. It comes out every other Tuesday. These girls will be putting it in people's hands. We'll do 12,000 of them. People are like, sure. So our idea was, you don't pay until the zip sheet comes out. We'll bring you your copies of it, and then you'll pay for your ad. And so our thought was, if we can sell enough to pay for the printing of that first issue, we'll print it and then go collect our money. And we said that every issue, every other week, like, well, if we can sell enough ads to do the next one. And we did it for three years. Nice. The zip sheet. And I hired girls from my wife's now wife, her dorm. I bought them. I had delightful, bright yellow shirts printed up with Uncle Zipster, the hip old tipster. That was our total hippie dude. That was our image. And the shirt said in very large letters, I get it every other Tuesday. That's what you want girls on campus, standing around with shirts that you can't miss that say, I get it every other Tuesday. Nice. And they're just handing out zip sheets. And you say you're not creative. <laughs> <laughs> that was, and then we, and then I sold it when I graduated for probably not nearly what it was worth. Sold it to the guy that owned the newspaper in town. He ran it for years. So I had that on my resume. So nice. the company thought, great, this guy knows printing. No. I knew <laughs> I dropped off some things at a printer called boards and came back a couple of days later and loaded my pickup truck with 12,000 of these things. That's awesome. To put around town and on campus. Love that. That's how I forayed into printing and- You never stopped. Never stopped. Then I went into the agency. I went into an agency and then it was, it was a direct mail, junk mail agency. So it was printing, account management, and it just stayed. And I was good at it. And I hated sales. 
I am not a cold caller. I am not a door opener. And I was damn good at it, <laughs> especially if somebody else could get us in. I was a good salesperson. I just hated that. I did not like the opening part of it. Mm. That's I why like I do it. the opening of the podcast. Yeah. I don't like that. No, it's really <laughs> bad. I'm really bad about that. It's always been a weakness, but it's just not something I like. Awesome. Yeah. So cool. that's how, no, definitely wasn't a passion. Then you just dumb into it and you're good at it. Awesome. All <laughs> right. Last question for me. The hell's a results coach? <laughs> <laughs> so that's funny because RJ obviously hears me coach a lot, but you know, I do get asked a lot, what is a results coach? And it's, it's pretty simple, right? I help people get the results they're looking for. And we do it through a framework of different coaching. I've been trained as a coach by high-level people and certified as coach. But a, a results coach is, I'm going to help you self-discover what you're wanting to do and what you want out of life. And then we're going to go get those results. So we get clarity. We find awareness around where you are. We find the direction we want to go get. And then I hold you accountable to that result that you want to get. It's not my result. And I think that's very important to say. It's not my result. It's your result. The results you want. You know, it's funny. I had a coach tell me and I use the same thing. If you tell me you want to pack a, or smoke a pack of cigarettes a day and you have a good reason to mean it, then we're going to get you to that pack of cigarettes a day because it's your results and I'm going to help you get there. So a results coach is just that. I'm going to help you get the results you're looking for through clarity, awareness, direction, and accountability. So when I'm not sure I want to do, you're going to tell me what I want to do. No. I'm going to help you self-discover what you want to do. And that's the... I can't tell you what you want to do. I can lead you down a path for you to self-discover it through the right questions and the right tra training and the right frameworks. This is why he's so good at asking questions because <laughs> this is what he does. Yeah. So huh. That's what a results coach is. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I hear it on all the time. What the heck is a results coach? That's it. <laughs> yeah. Coaches on how to get the results yeah. that you're looking for. So I love that. This was a lot of fun. It was. I could talk about myself for hours <laughs> and often do. And, and, and we might do this again. Just ask more questions. You know, you guys can always join us on the Facebook group and maybe that'll be fun. Maybe send in some questions you would like to ask, you know, the pioneers of the balance business that, um, the Balanced Business Dad framework and the coaching and the mentorship and the masterminds that we have is what got us to where we are today. We knew that we were doing some of it. And honestly, some of it we didn't know we were doing. But when we look back and reflected, that's how we are where we are today. And we're not at the top of the mountain. So don't please, please don't think that. But we are on a part of our journey and we want to help other people there. So would love for you to join us at the free Facebook group, dadupgroup.com. Send us some questions you would like to ask us, uh, and maybe we'll do this again. So yeah. until that, see you next week. Whoa, I'm all over the place. Yep, we're out, guys. <laughs>